Hey, how about starting the new year off right? Well, that's what we're trying to do here at Discover Church with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We hope that you'll take the opportunity to join us and also join us as we are in a, a series we're calling Revival, where we are trying to draw closer to see what God is going to do this brand new year. And uh, listen, we are in a series that we are calling Revival. And uh, revival is one of those ones where it's kind of like my yearly theme, uh, I feel like, for us at the church uh, for this year. And the reason that I kind of think it's our yearly theme is because we, we need revival. You might not even know what the word revival means, but I'm telling you, you need revival to happen. Because, see, revival ultimately has to start in our hearts. It has to start deep down inside of us, right? And so we want to make sure that we're trying to help equip you to, to face revival, to see revival happen in 2021. And, and I know for, for many people, you're, you're probably saying, okay, so you're saying I want it, you say I need it in my heart, but, but what does it mean to have revival, to experience revival? And, and some of you may be thinking back, like if you grew up, uh, you know, maybe you heard of churches around you that would host revival meetings, right? That would be so many days or, or, or something like that, and they would have them in particular seasons, right? Well, revival isn't just a certain thing that happens at a certain time. It's not a particular type of service or event. But revival happens when God stirs something in our hearts. And the definition of revival is this. It's to see an improvement in condition or it's a strengthen of something. So for us, for me and for you, I'm hoping that we can find this year to see some revival, some strengthening and some conditioning of our soul. Because ultimately, I think that's what's going to help to get us through as we're still still dealing with COVID. We still have election craziness going on, not to mention all the other normal stuff that you're dealing with in a normal day, in a normal week, in the normal, everything that you've got going on, right? There's all this stuff. And in fact, today, I, I wanted to share with you uh, some points uh, from a book John Eldridge wrote called uh, Get Your Life Back. This actually came out uh, at the beginning of last year, and uh, he didn't write this during a pandemic, but it kind of came out in the middle of it, and it is so like on point for, for uh, where we are. And, and look, uh, I'm going to recommend that you read the book, but here's kind of the key, the key point, the, kind of the key thought behind this is that, you know, we as people are not meant and not able to absorb the amount of trauma and te that technology and everything around us currently offers. We are not meant to absorb all of the stuff. Listen, you know, we live in a 24-hour news cycle, right, where it's just it's coming at you from every way. If you don't check it long enough, what's your phone do? Beep, beep. It wants to give you the highlights. It gives you the updates for you, right? It, it's everywhere around you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, and our souls were not really meant to be able to absorb that much trauma, that much stress and anxiety and fear. It was not meant to do that. That stuff sticks to our soul, and, and uh, Pastor Matt Keller from Next Level Church, I heard describe it like this. It's so awesome. He says that it's so much like a lint roller. Everybody's got a lint roller, right? And the lint rollers are great when they do what they're supposed to do, right? But ever have that lint roller that starts picking up stuff that it was never meant to pick up? It starts getting buttons stick to it, or Lord help and help you if we start getting hair, right? Because it'll snatch, it'll snatch some hair out, won't it? All of a sudden, the lint roller was designed for one thing, but guess what? All of a sudden, it'll just start sticking to all sorts of stuff, won't it? Like you pick it up, and you're like, where did all this stuff come from? It's all stuck to it. 
So, so that is really basically a, a good uh, visualization for our souls because we, we don't sometimes we don't realize that all this stuff is happening, and we really need to to figure out uh, uh, to experience revival. We need to figure out how to get our soul back. We need to be able to figure out if that lint roller is us. How, how do we how do we clear that film off so we get to a, a, a something clean, something brand new, so that we can see what God is going to happen in this year? Have you ever had a moment? And here's the question I've got: Have you ever had a moment where you've thought? You know, I, I don't know that I signed up for this. You ever had one of those moments? Like maybe you, you walk through life or something happened, and all of a sudden you're like, you know what? This is not right. This, this is messed up. I did not choose this. Like this is not. When I signed up, when I signed the dotted line, this is not what it was. Maybe for some of you it was in your marriage. Maybe some of you is with your, your kids or with work. You know, it, all of a sudden you have that moment where you're just like, you know, this isn't cool. God, if you're watching, this is not funny anymore. Like, this is not something that I intentionally signed up for. And, and the problem is, is once we live in an environment and in a world like that, which is the world we live in, once we do that long enough, we find that all of a sudden we kind of have a mute button that gets turned on or all of a sudden the, the volume gets turned down real, real low. And, and so the next thing that we, we realize is that uh, nothing really surprises us. Cause I, can, I, can I be totally 100% honest with you? So I, I guess what, it's been about two weeks now since we did the whole storm of the Capitol and all that stuff happened. When that happened, uh, I was at home. I was working later on in the day there, and Amy was at work, and she's like, have you heard, have you heard what happened? And I'm like, no. And so when she found out, and uh, the first thing, I was just like, wow. But the second thing, I was just like, you know, that doesn't really surprise me. Isn't that sad? Isn't it sad that when something like uh, when something major like that happens now, because you know why? You know the problem that that I had, and maybe you were totally shocked, and and and, and that's fine. But for me, the problem I have is as I, after I kind of searched, I'm just like you know my my expectation for what I see and view around me has gotten muted or, or, or dulled. It's just got this. This, this point where I'm just like, eh. You know, when, when we need to, though, today, and I want to ask you if you'll kind of be willing to do this with me, and if you're online, do, I, I want you to do this with me here, is for us to take a look at our hearts, kind of a, to examine our hearts and see where we are and to say, God, listen, we're talking about revival. God, will you revive my heart today? Will you allow me to, to, to be revived in a new way and I want to ask, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, I just want to take a moment here. Just slow down for just a second. And Lord, say, Lord, will you allow your Holy Spirit to come into this place? Father God, will you allow the Holy Spirit to search my heart? I want you to pray that today. Make it personal. Holy Spirit, search my heart today. And Lord, help reveal some things inside of me today. And Lord, we, we know that your word is alive and well, and Father God, that we know that it's going to be able to pierce through, Father God, some of the darkness and some of the fears that we have inside of us. Lord, we thank you, because we know you're going to do this. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to point out to you here a few points, and this is coming out of this book, uh, Get Your Life Back. And uh, if you're taking notes, uh, I would encourage it. Obviously, I, 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 not that I'm always... Uh, the best one uh, to, to encourage you to do everything, but I encourage you to take notes. And the reason I encourage you to take notes because I believe that in moments and times like this, the Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you. 
And then if you're not careful, if you're not taking notes, if you're not ready, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get home and be like, oh, what, what was that thing? I feel like God revealed something to me, and then it's going to be gone. It's going to be like, so, so we got to be ready in season and out of season. And here is what uh, um, John Eldridge says that I think is so great. Two truths about our hearts, okay? And here's the first one. The first one is that loss, disappointments, and ungrieved griefs, they take up a lot of space in your heart. They take up a lot of space in my heart. All the loss, the disappointments, the ungrieved griefs, the, all these things that we walk through day in and day out, guess what? They take up a lot of space in your heart and in my heart. And, and listen, this is where, it, where we start filling our heart up with these things. And the more of those things that you have in your heart, the less of the Holy Spirit, the less of God is going to be able to move and speak in your life. If you want to have the truth, the life, the peace that Jesus Christ offers, then guess what? We have to be able to receive that, but we can't do it if we have a full heart full of this junk, full, full of all this stuff. And today, you know, um, we're going to take a look at something, but before we do, I, I want to really try to give you a visual illustration, and uh, I'm going to see if I can catch it. with. Oh, I caught it with the microphone, and I didn't drop anything, so I'm excited about that. I, I know we all know that this is the beach ball, and I know uh, you might be like me, and uh, at my, my house... Uh, my family has a uh, two-time card per year. And you say two-time card per year. What do you mean? Well, the two-time card per year is I will go to the beach twice a year. There's two times. You're allowed to renew that card twice. Once you've done it twice, your card has expired. You don't, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. So I'm more of a, uh, of a pool guy, you know. And the reason I'm liking a pool guy, because pools are great. Because uh, the pool, you show up, there's no sand. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, the, you don't have to, you, like, you don't have to. Listen, come on, I'm going to preach for a second about this. You go, all you beach people, you love this, and then you have to walk across the Serengeti Desert to get to the beach. And, and it never fails that that sand is a, th a trillion degrees, right? You're like you're, you're, Your flip-flops and sandals are melting behind you, right? So I'm just a beach, I'm not really a beach guy, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I know some people just are blown away by that and they're hard to understand, but... Uh, but you ever go to the, the beach or the pool and you, you get your you got your beach ball out and my kids love to do this where they love to try to think anything that floats and hold it underwater, right? And you're sitting there and you're uh, you know you fight it and, and and so we know that you can take this beach ball and you can hold it underwater, but it's constantly fighting you, isn't it? Like it is wanting and of course the great thing about it being a ball is that you, you, it's it's wanting to go every way imaginable, you know what I mean? And, and you're sitting here and you're fighting and and, and this basically is what I want to tell you is, is what you're you holding on to your loss and your disappointments is like. It takes so much work and effort because that beach ball is wanting to fight you. It's wanting to go every which way. But, man, you're, you're sitting there going, no, 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 I'm going to hold on to you. It's, I'm going I'm to hold on to you. You're flipping, and you're flipping around, and you're halfway drowning yourself because you're holding on to something, and you're trying to keep something underwater that, guess what, you were never meant to do. Because guess what? That beach ball was never meant to be under the water. It was meant to be out fun, having fun and floating and being beaten around. And, and so for us, we have to realize that when we have that beach ball, and, and, and you, ever, you ever tried to hold two beach balls underwater? Like that's a trip, isn't it? Like that's one of those ones where you can, if you can break the world record of like two seconds underwater, you've done something, right? Like because it's, it's, it's impossible to do. But for us, we love to accumulate all this stuff and try to keep it down 
where it's it's trying to fight its way out, and many times what it does, doesn't it? Like many times we try to hold on to the loss, the disappointments, and the griefs in our lives, and then they, they come out, but they come out in ways we don't want them to come out in. They come out in when you when you, you snap at your spouse over something that was like the smallest, stupidest thing ever, but you, you jump on them, or, or it comes out at your kids where your kids ask you the same question for the fourth time, and you lose your mind. And you're not losing your mind because they asked you the fourth question because you know they're going to do that anyway. All of a sudden, it's the other stuff inside of you that's working its way out. And so we have to figure out how, how then, how do we deal with this? How, it, because ultimately, when it comes to it, we realize that it takes more energy and effort to keep this stuff suppressed and to keep it down than it is to let it out. And today, we're actually going to be taking a look in uh, the book of Psalm. And so I'd encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, open it up. We're going to be looking at Psalm 55, and we're going to be taking a look here at something David wrote. And listen, David is one of these great guys because in, if you read David's life, his life is like a roller coaster. Like, it's up, it's down, it's this way, it's that way. You never know which way it's going to go. Uh, you, you think David's cornered by his enemies, and then all of a sudden he's not, then he's king, then he fails, and he's not. And, and so David is one of these guys that, you know, and he wrote, he wrote Psalm 55, and, and, and it's kind of believed that really David is writing this at a time when, when everyone around him has betrayed him. He's writing this at a time where he feels like, uh, you know, everybody's after him. His, his, his father-in-law wants him dead. You think your father-in-law is bad. He's not chasing you with an army trying to kill you, okay? David is experiencing all this stuff. He's got people after him. And Psalm 55 really gives us a little insight into what he's experiencing. And we're going to talk about this today. And here's what it says in uh, chapter 55, verses 1 through 3. This is out of the NIV. It says, listen to my prayer, O God. This is David. He's having a moment here with God. He's praying. Do not ignore my plea. I know you've had a prayer like that. I have too. It says, hear me and answer me. He says that my thoughts, they trouble me. This is his beach ball that he's fighting with, he's wrestling with right now. Listen to what he says. He says, and I'm distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked, for they bring me down suffering on me and assail me with their anger. One of the things I love in the NLT, it actually says that they angrily hunt me down. So David is in this space here where he's holding on to all this stuff and he's fighting and he, and he, he wants to come to God and he's, you know, he's given God the what for because we've all done that, right? You've all had that moment where you kind of get angry and you're trying to figure out, God, where are you? Why, why, are you, why aren't you here? And, and, and then when he's trying to get this out. And one of the things I love about the fact that we see scriptures like this in, in the Bible, and this is so key, is because guess what? You know what this tells me? This tells me that guess what? That my pain and the things that I go through, they're important to God. And the reason they're important to God, because they were important enough to put in there for when David was saying this. So guess what? This is God saying, listen, please understand that the pain and the suffering that you go through, it's important to me. It's important to me that you understand that I care, that I'm here for you, that I want to, to be here. David goes on in verse 4. He says that my heart is in anguish. Within me, the terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me, and horror has overwhelmed me. Basically, saying here that David is like, listen, stuff is not good. I am in a really, I'm in a really bad spot here, and the losses 
and the ungrieved griefs, all this stuff is coming in David's life and showing up. And here's the problem. If we're not really careful, and this is point number two, we're not really careful that if we don't deal with some of this stuff, guess what? It ends up with the shallification, and I know that that's not a real word. Okay, Sussex County, this is not me. This is actually out of the book. Okay, so this is an acclaimed author wrote this made-up word. Okay, not me, so don't write into me telling me about how shallification isn't a real word. But we end up with shallification of our souls. And if you don't know, if you're not really following with me, you, you ever been in a shallow pool? A shallow pool isn't very deep. It only comes up to your ankles. You can go ahead and try to belly flop in it, but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt like a champ. So what we find that if we don't deal with this stuff, then all of a sudden our soul, our, we ourselves, we have no depth to us. All of a sudden, we're always playing in that shallow end. And the problem is in the shallow end, you know what happens in the shallow end? People get hurt in the shallow end. In the shallow end, you can't dive into the water because guess what? You're going to get hurt. There's the no diving sign around you, but we constantly want to deal with this. And, and, and then David experiences this in uh, 55 verse 6. Here's what he says. He says, I said, oh, that I might have wings of a dove. Guess what? David is saying that he wants to sprout wings. He wants to fly away. I would fly away and I would be at rest. This is David who would become king of Israel saying, listen, if I could get away from this and quit it all. I would do it right now. He says, I would flee far away, and I would stay in the desert. I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget about my home. I'm going to leave everything behind. I would hurry to a place of shelter far from the tempest and the storm. David is saying at this point, I am wanting everything to be over. I am so done with this. I want to give up. I'm going to throw in the towel. There's too much. Here's the thing, when we experience moments like this in our lives, when we go through seasons even like this in our lives, we, we experience the fact that we're not living life the way it should be done. And, and one of the ways I heard this best described, which I thought was really great, somebody said, when was the last time that you laughed? And I don't mean like, haha, like a funny joke laugh, but when was the last time that you just like wholeheartedly just let loose and laughed like you thought something was the funniest thing ever and you like you, you know that kind of laugh that like you go for so long and all of a sudden it starts to hurt you know what I mean all, all them all the muscles because you know why the, the muscles hurt because you never use those muscles when, when was the last time that that happened and I know for me and I'm going to be a little bit real with you here for me you know, this is why I, I love, uh, anybody that love movies, any movie fans out there, come on movie fans, come on, uh, uh, listen, I want to, it has been over, Frank, it's been almost a year to the day since I've been to the movie theaters, it's been almost a year since I've been, I've not been in the movies in a year, that's like a record for me, I think, I, I love, uh, huh, it was, yeah, I was going to say it was February last year, so it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm coming close, it's been a year, but you know one of the reasons I love the movies one of the reasons I love it, I just think that it, movies to me, like, lock me in a house, give me a whole bunch of DVDs, I'm good. I, I'll survive 14-day quarantine. I'm good. I love them. And the reason is that I love them is because it's the escapism. It's the all of a sudden when I do that, guess what? I don't have to worry about my giant list of emails that I have to respond to or the fact that my phone is blowing up and I've got 13 different text messages to respond to and I have to go through and spend time to figure out what I did and didn't say. I, I don't have to, you don't have to go, like, it's just, I'm here. The rest of the world doesn't even exist anymore. 
How many times do we do that, though? Maybe movies aren't your thing, but you probably, you have a thing. Some people, it's just driving. Some people, you just got to go drive. You, you just, you don't even, you don't care where you go. You just got to get in the car and drive. For some of you, it, it's, it's reading. For some of you, it, it, it's something else. You, we have those things, and the problem is, is when we get into this escape mindset, then guess what? We start living in the middle, and we become numb to real life. We become numb to what really living is because we want to live in this reality that's not real. So here's what do we do. What do we do then? Because, of course, you're like, you know, this is not, so we're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here, Pastor Curtis. You're painting a pretty dark picture. But here's the good news. The good news is, is there are a few things I think we can do. And, again, if you're taking notes, here's the, here's the first one. I think we have to name them. you got to name it. What are those loss, those disappointments? What are the, what's that grief? What are those things that, you're, that you've walked through? you got to name them. And, and, by the way, notice we said them. This is not a it. This is not a singular thing. This is a plural thing. This is something that, that uh, if we don't realize, you know, we got to figure, what stresses you out? What is it that all of a sudden when something, when you walk in something and, and you start getting that nervous, twitchy energy that you got to figure out what to do? What is the thing where you're looking for that escape? What is it? Name it. And the reason I think we have to name it because, uh, uh, you know, David actually takes his time. He gives us a real a- a- example. And, and we... How many of you know, we, we love, especially in the church, we love to talk about being honest, right? Speak the truth. Be honest with your family. Be honest with your friends. But how many of us have such a tough time being honest with ourselves? Man, we can be honest to people. I, I, I don't lie to my kids. They don't always like what I have to say. I'm not going to lie to them. But how many times do I lie to myself about what I'm going through, about what we're walking through. And so we have to actually take the time to, to name, name this pain, name, name, the, name those beach balls. What are the things you're holding on to? Here's what it says in, uh, in, in fifth, Psalm 55, verse uh, 12. And this is David again. He says this. He says, if an enemy were insulting me, then I could endure it. If my enemy, okay, so what, what, what is he saying here? If this is somebody that was fighting against me, the, my enemy, somebody that I didn't like, you know, I could take that. I could stand up against it. If it were a foe rising against me, guess what? I could hide. But it gets personal here. He says, but it's you, a man like myself, my companion. Here it is, my close friend. A lot of people think this is when Jonathan had turned on David, his best friend, his person that, that he loved, like he, he just was, he, they, were, they, were, they were peanut butter and jelly, you know what I mean? They were two peas in a pot. They were this, and all of a sudden, David says, my close friend with whom I enjoyed sweet fellowship at the house of God as we walked among the worshipers, the friend who I thought was with me till the end, my ride or die, but it's you. David names them. The second thing I think we have to do, we have to do this. We have to give ourselves permission to feel the grief that was lost. We actually have, you actually have to give yourself permission because we live in a society where we, you're not supposed to show emotion, are you? Like we got to walk around like zombies most of the time. And in fact, that's what we're, we're taught, especially men. Men, we are taught from, from very early ages that, that you, you, can't express how you feel you know what I mean that's why uh guys you know we you shake we shake our kids hands we don't hug we don't kiss we don't do any of that stuff you know and and, and for all of us though the past couple months you know we we've been trapped 
in this inside environment, and all of a sudden we, we find ourselves more busy than we've ever been before, doing less stuff than we ever had, and all the time wanting to communicate less and less with people. Here's the thing. In order to get to number three, we have to deal with number two, though. You have to actually give yourself permission. you got to have that permission for to, to, to feel, to feel the hurt, to feel the loss, to go through it. Here's what David says in verse 15. This is, let, let death take my enemies by surprise. Now you see, all of a sudden, he, he flips the corner, doesn't he? He's sitting here, he's lamenting, he's talking all about, oh my God, what are we going to do? Where are you, God? And then he, he goes through the pain, he names it out, he's calling it out. Then all of a sudden, David is like ready to throw down, okay? Because here, he says, let death take my enemies by surprise. Let them go down alive to the realm of the dead, and uh, for uh, evil finds uh, lodging among them. David is hot here. He is hot. He is ready to go. And, and, and here's the question I would ask you. When was the last time that you gave yourself permission to be mad? Now, I'm not saying that you got mad, okay? Because obviously that, sometimes that's that beach ball popping out there. But when was the last time you allowed yourself permission to get, to get angry with something, to be mad about something? And, and, and it's so easy when we get mad about stuff to get upset and to, to kind of want to live there because we think that be, because we're upset that it means that there's something wrong with us. But when we're, we get mad, guess what? That's not necessarily meaning that there's something wrong with us. There's something wrong with the world around you. You know, we got to realize that sometimes we have to actually be willing to show emotion. And I actually want to get ready to show you a clip right here. And I've waited for the day that this worked into a, a message, and it works in here. And here is uh, an awesome clip. Hey, Evelyn. Can I ask you a question? You got a moment? Mm-hmm. Which team do you play for? Well, I'm a peach. Well, I was just wondering, because I couldn't figure out why you would throw home when we've got a two-run lead. You let the tying run get on second, and we lost the lead because of you. Now you start using your head. (laughs) Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball! Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris! There's no crying in baseball! There's no crying in baseball! No crying! What's the Jimmy? What? She's crying, sir! There's no crying in baseball! You gotta suppress that! You gotta push it down in there! There's, you're not allowed to show emotion! And we, we watch this, and it's, I love it. Jimmy Dugan, I love it. it I was going to say, it's, it's an incredible movie. And it's one of those ones, though, where the problem is, is guess what we have to do? We have to give ourselves permission to feel. Because guess what? The emotions are real. You actually, there, there is crying in baseball. I've witnessed men cry in baseball. There is 100%. It's a real deal. There's an emotion that comes behind it. We have to give ourselves that permission, and here's the problem, if we don't ever give ourselves the permission to go through this process, then we never get to this point number three, and this is the really important one, and that's inviting Jesus to heal you, inviting Jesus into our lives to heal you, you know, because guess what, we get to feel, you, you, we have to give ourselves permission to get mad, 
to, to feel the energy, to feel all that stuff, but we don't want to live there. We don't want to stay there. The fact is, is we want to allow uh, Jesus to come in and do a work. I think it was Perry Noble who also had this uh, saying, and if it's not him, I, I apologize if I'm getting the quote wrong, but to, he says, it's okay to, to, be, to not be okay, but guess what? It's not okay to stay that way. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. It's one of those ones we have to realize when this happens. You know, it, David, he, he says, you know, for, for as me, you know, guess what? I'm going to call on the Lord because the Lord saves. He saves in the evening. He saves in the morning. At noon, I cry out in distress. And you know what? He hears my voice when I do this. But the, the problem that we often run into, and I'm 100% guilty of this, and I don't know if I'm allowed to admit this as a pastor. The problem that I run into in life, though, is that I don't turn to Jesus and the Holy Spirit enough. And I don't. And I, I try to, but I, I don't. You know, we're supposed to be in prayer continuously. You know that? First Thessalonians says this, is that we says we got to rejoice always. We have to pray continually, and we have to give thanks in all circumstances Guess what? Because that is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. But how many of you have ever tried to rejoice always? You tried to do that? Man, it's hard. How many of you have ever tried to pray continuously? That's where some of you are freaked out because you heard we're having a, a prayer small group and you pray for an hour. You're like, how do you pray for an hour? <laughs> It's crazy. How do we pray continuously? Well, we have to realize that, guess what? We have to let Jesus and the Holy Spirit come do something inside of our lives because when he does, then all of a sudden, it's not that the world turns to magically okay. That's not what happens. Listen, the Holy Spirit doesn't pull a magic wand out and wave it over your head like uh, your fairy godmother, okay? Don't get me wrong. That would be awesome, but that's not the way it happens. But stuff isn't magically okay, but guess what happens when we do this? Our heart, our heart, the important thing, the thing that we flow out of, the things that you speak out of, the things that we, th that we experience and we deal with, guess what? Your heart will be unharmed. Your heart can be okay. Tracy, if you want to come up to the keys, here's the last point as we wrap it up today. The fourth one is this, is after we invite Jesus to heal us, we need to be aware of what our soul needs daily, daily, not on Sundays only, but a daily, a daily thing, a daily thing. In verse 22, it says this, it says that we are to cast our cares on the Lord because why? He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. We have to realize that our souls do not need to be on all the time. That's the problem that we have. Our souls are on. They're consuming all the time. When was the last time that you allowed yourself to have a Sabbath day? And what I mean when I say that, I mean, when was the last time that you didn't care what was happening on the Internet? When was the last time you didn't care what was happening on the news? You didn't answer your phone. You didn't reply to text messages. You just existed in God's creation. You just allowed God to spend some time, but just you and him, just you and, you and the Holy Spirit. When was the last time that happened? 
we live in a 24-7 world where we think that we have to be on and we have to respond and, and everything's an immediate thing and I have to reply to this email and I have to do this and we have to do that. We think we have to do this all the time. But we are not meant to be on. Sometimes we actually have to turn off the notifications so that our soul can experience a little bit of that rest, a little bit of that peace. Because I can pretty much guarantee you that every single person in this room, every person that is watching online right now, we, all, we need more quiet. We need more worship. We need more word. We need more community. The, word, the world literally around us is telling us, do not get together at all. And the problem is, is guess what? I, I, and I'm, please hear me. I'm not saying that because of coronavirus that we shouldn't be smart and we shouldn't be safe. Because we should. But at the same time, we can't allow that mindset that I have to be distanced from everyone and everything to become what happens in our heart. Because you know why? The enemy is literally, he is looking, he is waiting for you to separate yourselves. There are people, I promise you, that were part of Discover Church, and we really tried, our, we have really, really tried to make sure that we are connecting with everybody, those in our online community, those who are here, because we know that people are in different places right now. But you know what the enemy is waiting for? The enemy is waiting for you to feel like you're all alone out in the wilderness. You know what exists alone out in the wilderness? That's where lions live. And here's what we have to realize, that the Bible literally tells us what? That he stalks around like a lion looking for the prey to devour. How many of you have ever seen one of those nature shows, right? Where lions go out and they go hunting. You know who they pick on? They, they, pick on the, they pick on the ones that are in the fray, that are on the edges. They don't come challenge the center of the herd, right? They don't come in and, and try to attack right in the heart of what's going on because they know why. They know they're outnumbered. It doesn't matter how strong you are as a lion. You, you, you versus a thousand wildebeest. Guess what? A thousand wildebeest, gonna, they're going to win. They're going to figure it out because the fact of the matter is, is, is they're outnumbered. I hope and pray that today, as we've taken a look, we've tried to take a look at where we are, where our heart is. I want you to hear this. I really believe this is 2021, 21 days of prayer, and Jesus is literally saying, will you let me have the beach ball? Will you let me take it? You don't have to fight with that stuff anymore. You don't have to go. You're not by yourself. If you're online right now watching, you feel like nobody cares that I'm here. We care. I care. My wife cares. We have people that care, that pray for you on a weekly, regular basis. If you're here and this is your very first time you walked in the door, you're like, man, is this really a legit, a legit thing? We care. We legitly pray for you and your family. We, we want the best for you. Because we know, ultimately, this is what Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says. 
Matthew 11, 28, this is Jesus. Jesus says, come to me if you're weary, if you're heavy burdened, because you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to make it so you don't have to fight with that beach ball anymore, that you can just enjoy life to the fullest. If the worship team, if you guys would come up, I want to invite you to stand with us. If you're watching us online today, I want to ask you to just allow wherever you are, wherever place you are, to become a moment, a special time between you and between God. Just a moment where you're just going to turn your life over to Him right now. Turn this time over to Him. And we're going to pray. And, and, and I just want to ask you, would you do this would you do this one thing with me right now today? Would you just allow yourself just to close your eyes where you are? Just close your eyes and in your own words, in your own words, say, Lord, search my heart. Lord, search my heart today. I believe if you do this, I, I really think that you're going to Feel the, pre the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come in and He's going to start showing you some stuff. Maybe He's going to show you some relationship stuff. Maybe He's going to show you some stuff at work, some hobby stuff. Maybe He's going to show you some things between you and your spouse or you and your kids. But search my heart today, Lord. What are the beach balls? What are the things I'm holding on to I won't let go? Start naming them today. Just allow yourself. Name the pain. Name the pain. Name the pain. Name the pain. Name. Just speak it out. Just say, Lord, today I turn this over to you. I'm turning this hurt. I'm turning this thing that I've been holding on to, Father God. I turn it over to you because I want to see revival in my life. I want to see revival in my heart today, Father God. Lord, I want you to come and to fill me up. But, Lord, I can't do that if my heart is already full of losses and hurts, Father, and disappointments, people, and grief. I need to experience and realize those things before I can turn them over to you, Lord. Lord, because we know that you will give us rest. Mm.